0: Death is not the end. Of the new flesh. Oh, the new flesh. I was hoping you'd be back. Welcome to the New Flesh Podcast, a podcast about horror movie thing and all things tangentially related to the horror lifestyle. My name is Joe Avella, and you can check us out on Instagram, New Flesh Podcast. And my name is Brett Arnold at Brett Redacted on Twitter.
1: And that's all. It's the only place I'm at. Don't find me on Great. Instagram. I'm out I'm there. Unbelievable.
0: And today we are talking about the last Final Destination movie in the Final Destination franchise, Final Destination Fiverr. Yes,
1: uh, it's number five. It's the second one in a row that's in 3D, and it's still distracting. Um, mm-hmm.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, we'll talk I, about that, and I'll talk about... Did I watch anything else? I, I saw... One movie in theaters this week, I did not, uh, it was not a horror,
0: but do you have anything else to talk about that you watched? Yes, sir. I watched The Hole in the Ground, the Irish indie horror hit that I think uh, sold at Sundance. It is on Amazon Prime. And from what I understand, it is on Amazon Prime legally because uh, it's also streaming on Google Play. So the assumption is that it's all good. <clears throat> As Yeah, I'm very confused the show because know, I thought, it was
1: out on Friday. I mean, in New York, it is out on Friday in theaters. Um, I guess they did like a, you know, one of those like direct TV or a weird like run, and uh, yeah, maybe, maybe that maybe that allowed them to put it online too. I don't know what happened, but I, I'm sorry I didn't watch it for this week, but I will absolutely watch it for next week. I'm excited about.
0: Well, it. Well, I'll tell you all about it, and maybe uh, you'll decide if you do want to see it or not. For uh, sure. Also, the Oscars happened, so I bet we have some opinions on that. Oh, wait, that, man, yeah. Oh man, and actually, there was uh, some big Candyman news we can talk about. Yeah, I got, I got and... plenty of news. Oh, great! So it's going to be an action-packed episode. Brett, how you doing, buddy? Are you coming to Los Angeles? You excited?
1: Yes, I'm very excited. I fly out tomorrow or. If this comes out on monday i flew out on thursday um <laughs> very You're on your way back yeah i'm time traveling it's incredible um yeah i'm mm. excited it'll be fun to see some friends i haven't seen in a while including you uh and I... others and uh yeah it'll be cool i'm excited to be there and get out of this what are you coming weather. to town for uh
0: okay. don't make me say it no uh, you would said it was a funeral right yeah. It's a funeral. <laughs>
1: I'm going to a <laughs> funeral in Oakland and then I'm getting in a car and driving six hours to a
0: funeral in LA. <laughs> what are you coming to town for? Come on, spill the beans. The audience the audience demands to know.
1: Yeah. I'm seeing Humphreys McGee a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> you made me do that just so you could boo me.
0: Correct. You know, this kid doesn't come out. It's been over a year. He does come out to visit me. And maybe do like a show, you know, maybe like enrich the new flesh experience. But he'll definitely fly to see Umphreys Mabla.
1: Hey, man, I'm living the jam band slash horror lifestyle. Is Mandy coming with? <laughs> Are you still is here? Is Mandy coming with? Yeah, oh, no. I'm still here. Still. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, she's coming with, but she is, go. you know, she's doing her own thing during the Umphrey shows. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Good for her. Good for yeah. her uh well hey i'm excited to see you we'll go on and we'll grab lunch or maybe catch a movie we'll do something it'll be fun uh yeah so i will see you in a couple days yeah all right bye podcast over yeah so <laughs> bye uh before we get into uh, uh uh the the bits and pieces and the what did you watch is in the final destination want to take this moment to shout out a Patreon supporter for those of you who haven't been listening the last couple weeks, we started a Patreon support the show. People have been doing it; it's been really great. If in case you haven't noticed, this show already sounds a little bit better because some of that uh, some of that moolah is going into uh, going into the show, so it's being well spent. And today, I would like to on this episode spotlight our good pal Megan Baker, who has donated to our Patreon. Thank you so much, Megan. She was a guest on the show a year and a half ago. Is that right? Yeah, and she
1: didn't even have to pay to to, to do that on patreon she did and now <laughs> she does <laughs> yes the rules have changed uh, if, you want, if you guys want to come back you're gonna have to jump mm-hmm. on the nisp or it. whatever it's called <laughs> yeah
0: so megan graciously donates every month thank you megan uh you can all check her out on instagram and twitter I believe the handles comedy hipster i'm assuming that's okay that i mentioned that sorry to put you on blast if you don't want people to know anyway megan you're thank about you to so get you're about your to donation. get doxed <laughs> <laughs> uh, that social security number is as follows um, thank you so much for the donation and uh, if anyone else listening would like to help out this podcast and make it sound better help us out we'd really appreciate it uh, check us out on patreon.com slash Podcast, or go to patreon.com and, and search the New Flesh Podcast, or use google or bing or duck duck go whatever the fuck that is duck duck uh, go I'm sorry, hey, you, you're silly yeah you, no duck duck go you heard of that no Oh, it's a search engine that promises they won't share your data. So, you know, they'll be gone. They'll be out of business in two months. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, what's think, the business model there? <laughs> no idea. Hey, um, do you, uh, you still work at Yahoo, right? I do, somehow. Uh, they have some sort of search engine still, or do they, they abandon that?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, it's still, I think, the number two in the world. But it's, uh, I'm not going to... What's gonna, number one? What's number one? I mean, Google. So why would
0: anyone use your service if if Google exists?
1: Ah, uh, you know who uses Yahoo? Your parents probably. It's <laughs> uh, it's people's parents who have it, you know, defaulted on their Internet Explorer, <laughs> and like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like I think at some point, Safari, Apple, you know, had a deal with Yahoo where like Safari defaulted to it. So like, there's a ton of people mm-hmm. who have it, and like, you know, I know tons of people who still use Yahoo emails. Uh so I think you know Yahoo has a bright uh near future <laughs> and then long <laughs>
0: distance future uh uh-huh. remains to be seen TBA So there you go everyone if you are over 60 years old go happen Yahoo happen to your Yahoo uh <laughs> Browser sub window. Remember when Internet Explorer would have like the regular Explorer thing, and then you can like install like another menu bar underneath it or whatever, and like Yahoo would be in that or whatever. Yeah, that? that was a thing, right? Yes, yeah, so a toolbar. You know, I that, the special search. Yeah. Bar. Right, and then like sometimes people, when they didn't know how to use the computers properly, like because because uh, sites would try and get you to add them to your toolbar so like their toolbar would be like two inches thick or three inches thick because there's all this bullshit they don't understand why it was installed or how to take it out anyway if you got one of those go on yahoo search the new flesh podcast patreon and be sure to give us a couple dollars for the podcast thank you for your support and with that brett i think we're ready for some bits and pieces you ready
1: uh sure yeah i'm, I'm very ready all right <clears throat> bits and (laughs) pieces that's what all the patreon big bucks are getting you sound effects for joe to be even lazier with the bits and pieces Mm -hmm. themes
0: well that drum that drum fill was recorded by max weinberg so it cost a couple (laughs) dollars my guy ain't cheap
1: oh my god all right right, do Uh, you want to go first sure um i got a couple i'll do together a couple quick hits some Mm dates date movement on some movies so paramount Mm. just bumped are you afraid of the dark out of its uh october 4th 2019 slot and it's not just Mm -hmm. pushed to a new date it's just removed from the release schedule there's no release date anymore so what's happening with that movie that's the one it's supposed to be directed by dj caruso and it's uh Mm -hmm. the script is by uh you you guessed it, Gary Doberman and uh, Ben Dobes. David Gabinski. Yeah, the Dobes. So, I mean, the Dobes isn't really, you know, losing work here. I feel like, you know, He'll if this doesn't happen, he'd be fine. But what's going on <laughs> with this movie? Um, Maybe is this crazy to think that the small screen uh, revival, the the TV version that they just that we just talked about, I think, last week or two weeks ago, maybe are they downgrading this? Are they making it a tv show now I, I just am curious as to what's happening
0: that is weird because there was a trailer wasn't there or maybe oh uh, no it, that's the
1: scary uh, stories to tell in the dark had a trailer um, that's right are you afraid of the dark hasn't had anything yet but like a, a logo reveal at like a comic-con or something
0: yeah and there's a picture of a scary clown or jester jester on the uh are you afraid of a dark imdb so point is there's not a lot really there's no cast really on here yet is there? Yeah. Oh, no, I don't see any cast or crew. I mean, I see crew, I don't see any of the cast. So I'm wondering if the project has even shot yet. Because it, it was originally going to be next year, right?
1: I'm sorry, you actually broke up there. What did you say?
0: Uh, can you hear me now? Yes. Uh, I believe that it was supposed to come out next year, so they probably haven't filmed it yet, right?
1: Uh, it was supposed to come out this October. So, like, y- and you'd in theory, you'd think it would have... You know some ex- some like uh, proof of its existence at this point, but I really haven't seen anything. So maybe that's a sign that it doesn't exist yet, and they just need some more time. Who knows? But it's oh, one well. of those things where yeah. it just was unceremoniously like removed from the schedule, and someone noticed it. Um, so we'll see what that- maybe it's a you know an, an an error. We'll find out. We'll check back next week with an update. Yeah, and then there's we'll, also we'll there, <laughs> there's also another right. another date switch and this one's for uh johannes roberts 47 meters down colon uncaged uh it was supposed to come out (laughs) um it was supposed to come out in june june 28th and now it's coming out august 16th and uh if you're wondering Uh... why it moved it's probably because the untitled third installment in the annabelle franchise was just bumped up to a 28 uh june 28th release date last week so Entertainment Studios actually pulled a very smart move and was like seated their mm-hmm. ground to uh the much more popular Annabelle franchise that weekend.
0: Dude, June's gonna be packed because also that's when the new Child's Play movie comes out. So that's right. They probably looked at the landscape and they're like, we don't want to get buried by Child's Play and Annabelle, so let's just like slip it down. Smart move on their part. I think, that's a very I think smart that it's gonna be good. Yeah. yeah, we really like the 47 meters down. If and whoever hasn't seen it yet, definitely see it. It's great. Uh really well, well-made, very effective uh, shark horror movie trapped in a cage. Um, so I feel that that um, that kind of what I, I I don't know if you can call this like a franchise yet, but this idea of these uh, people stuck in a location surrounded by sharks is uh, has a lot of potential. And this movie sounds pretty good. What was the other one? about the, the the surfer who was like on like the the rock, the sh- like the shallow, like a 100- hundred. Yeah. Oh, that was so good too. She's only, right. She was only like maybe a hundred yards from shore, but just the shark is like, are just circling around a rock that she's on and like waiting for the tide to come back come yes, in or come in. That's what, very that's what Blake
1: lively. It's directed by Jean Colette Sarah. And it, um, it's actually called mm-hmm. the shallows plural, but yeah, it's mostly her. Yeah. And like, I'm pretty sure there's a bird at some point that she like talks to. Uh, but yeah, it's really, <laughs> it's a fun movie. That movie's more survival or actually, I don't know. I guess they're both survival, but in very different ways. <laughs>
0: Survival horror yeah. of the shark subcategory. Yes,
1: they both took that <laughs> box.
0: Yeah. All right. Um, if In case uh, our fans have had their heads buried in the sand for the past couple of days, they would have known that Jordan Peele may have found his Candyman for his reboot or revival of the titular Candyman. Uh, although the deal is not done according to Variety, Yahe Abdul-Mateen II is in talks with MGM to be Jordan Peele's Candyman. I am not familiar with, I'm probably pronouncing it right, Yah Yay? Y A H Y A? Is that Yah Yaya. Yah Yah. Hey, yeah.
1: I, I don't know. Uh, what I do know is he was in uh, Aquaman as like not the main mm-hmm. bad guy, but like a sub bad guy in that movie. And mm-hmm. he's he was really good. And I think. He has like the perfect energy for the Candyman role, which like I've said in the past on the show, nice. it would be kind of a bummer. You know, I was like, oh, I don't, I don't really want to see it without Tony Todd. But then I realized it's kind of unrealistic to think that they were just gonna put like old Tony Todd <laughs> as like the new Candyman. Like, yeah. of course not. Um, so yeah, we know that uh, Nia Dacosta, uh, kind of like a budding mm-hmm. indie uh, filmmaker, is is directing it. And yeah, uh, Jordan Peele's producing. It's coming out in 2020, uh, June 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, and my birthday, June 12th. Oh, yeah, that's right. And it's, uh, it's described as a spiritual sequel to the original. It's going to return to the neighborhood with legend began, the now gentrified section of Chicago where the Cabrini Green housing projects once stood. Uh, as we've, you know, we just did that series not long ago. Candyman, one of my Mm all-time favorite horror movies. Uh, Very yeah, it's so ripe for a remake too. That I and I really do trust Monkey Paw Productions to do it do it right. Mm -hmm.
0: I do as well. Um, uh, Abdul Mateen is also in Us, that's coming out in March, and the HBO Watchmen series. And from my understanding, the Watchmen series is not going to be. It's also like a spiritual sequel or connection to. The Watchmen book, uh, from what I understand, it's not going to be like the same character. That's what I've heard too. I, I don't know much about the Watchmen. Yeah, which would be interesting because, uh, as I'd mentioned on the pod, maybe like a couple months ago, I, I I just sat down. I was like, I'm going to watch the the three hour uncut Watchmen movie. You know, see what this is all about. And you know, as well made as it is, as faithful to the to the um, material as it was, it was so fucking boring. That movie's a lot of people standing around talking. Um, so. Obviously the Watchmen is incredible but I'm perfectly fine with uh Damian Lindelof taking his creative liberties with it. Yeah, I don't and need to uh, see another another version
1: that's just, you know, the same thing. I would I'm I'm very excited to like yeah. dive into that world, but like you have to go into that knowing you're not watching like an Alan Moore thing anymore. You're watching a Damon Lindelof thing, and that's fine. I used to hate yeah. Lindelof, fine but I'm me. like totally on board now.
0: Dude, leftovers. You gotta you gotta binge I know, it I No, actually watch it. Mandy it and I started it and we
1: loved it and we just kind of fell off. It's one of those things. We gotta get back to it.
0: S- season three, like it gets better and better. I remember season three just thinking like holy shit, that was the best season of the show, and it just ended beautifully. What's her face to lead actress? Carrie in that. Uh, her name escapes me, but she's God, she's so she's so fucking good in that show. Everyone's gotta watch leftovers. That's my leftovers piece. <laughs> next uh, i'll
1: just continue with yours i just want to add to the Candyman thing tony todd did tweet about this yes. since then uh he said, he said cheers to Candyman, a wonderful character i've lived with for 25 years he's brought grace and glory and a beautiful boatload of friends and family hashtag team toddsters mm-hmm. uh i'm on- <laughs> <laughs> i'm honored that the spirit of hashtag daniel slash hashtag cabrini green rises again truth to power Blessings <laughs> to the cast and crew. Amazing tweet. You have to like see it for for all the glory to really wash over you. But, um, Team Todsters. Yeah, dude. The hashtag is Team Todsters. Uh, but he also That's said so he told Entertainment Weekly last month. Uh, this is what he said last month. Uh, I'm hoping I will appear in the film in some form when that makes sense. But it's Hollywood, so I won't take it personally. If for some reason, it doesn't work out. If this new one is successful, it'll shed light on that on the original. I think the subject matter is more important than any individuals, and I mean that.
0: Good for you. Cool. Uh, Hang on. I want to say how old Tony Todd is because how old is he? He is. Wow. I can't believe he's 64. I saw him in the lobby of my old WeWork here because BuzzFeed was in, in the building too and Cheddar and now this. So he's probably there for some interview. And first of all, he's tall. He's 6'5. I mean, I knew he was tall, but the dude is fucking. Like, I, when I first saw him, I'm like, is that like an old NBA player? Like, he's a big dude, but uh, he looks really good. And it seems like, but when I saw him, I was like, God damn, Tony Todd, my guy's aging well. Candyman's looking good. So I think he'll have no problem finding work. It'd be great if they threw him a bone, maybe in a flashback, if he's just I'm like. I'm sure they'll you know, do something. I don't know, Candyman's dad. Even if
1: it's like, you know, the typical, like, just like the guy, just a typical cameo. I don't know. I feel like he'll get it. Mm -hmm. He'll get in there somehow. I hope he does. Um, Any more? Yeah, I guess some more. Uh, Escape Room 2 has been announced. Uh, This is not surprising. The movie is, uh, I think it has over 120 million already worldwide and the movie costs 9 million. Uh, so basically this is a Columbia pictures doing a Blumhouse style movie. They're making a very low budget, uh, you know that's their entire business model just make a uh, cheap horror movie they threw it out in there was it was like the first new release of the year in january it was the first 2019 movie i saw um and if you remember my review i said it is fine it's like worth your time but it's not amazing but mm-hmm. uh i think i also i hope i talked about the set pieces and how they're like amazing and the movie was like really interestingly directed and i like enjoyed where it went but i also kind of just thought it was uh you know a pg-13 watered down version of what could have been really really cool uh so my my hope sure. is that they you know lean into the r-rated uh phenomenon that's going on uh movies can make money that uh with that r-rating now it used to be like much harder so maybe they'll uh, maybe they'll try it i think it would behoove them i think the movie would do even better if it was like this big hype like we're gonna be you know much more gory than the last one um but uh, Adam Robitel's back directing. he also directed the last I think it was the last insidious movie that we saw together that was bad. I think he directed that one too.
0: It was it was, it was just okay. yeah. it was it was it was disappointing for insidious standards. but it wasn't terrible. It was just like who cares the hands with the keys? It was just like I don't care.
1: yeah. it, it was a cool, cool cool design of a creature, but like also way mm. to just introduce some weird ass concepts that don't like you know, don't really track <laughs> with the rest of it. Yeah. Um but yeah, escape room, I actually, I, uh, I you know I was kind of into and would happily uh happily watch another one. And it's out uh on April 17th, 2020. So this is kind of starting what could be a new saw type franchise where they do one every year because that's that's only a year away.
0: Yeah, I mean I haven't seen it yet. I, I was left cold on the trailer that I saw. I'll definitely see it when it's when it's out streaming. I guess my attitude was, and I'll contradict myself. My attitude was, oh, a horror movie about escape room seems like a little too on the nose, a little too uninspired. But then again, I've been hyping up Hell House LLC on this podcast for what feels like a year and a half now, which is about guys who start a haunted house in a haunted house and the haunted house eventually turns and kills them. So it's like, I mean you know, is there anything less inspired than what if we did a guys are making a haunted house and the house actually turns out to be haunted movie, but hell house LLC is really good. Um, so I'll give escape room a chance.
1: Yeah. You should definitely watch it when it comes out on video, which I'm sure will happen very, very, very soon. Uh, it's, it's, it's saw light it's PG 13, uh, saw with like less torture and more. It's, it's a different type of torture. It's more like high stakes set pieces i don't know how to describe it, it, it it's very visually interesting when it wants to be um okay. uh, neil marshall's hellboy which we know is coming there's a trailer it looks terrible in my opinion um it's been mm-hmm. rated r uh, agreed which is what they promised so what? that's what the big deal was was they're like mm, we're gonna make deal. it r it's gonna be so different the movie's gory it's like a horror movie there's a lot of blood it's brutal
0: um yeah i did you watch when you watch Hell, when you watch the Del Toro Hellboy were you like, golly gee, I wish this was, it was you know what? No, Like, did no, you I give didn't. a fuck? Uh he- yeah, who cares? Make it X. I don't give a shit. It's it's I'm not interested. In you the heard it anymore. here first. Joe wants to see Hellboy fuck. <laughs> That's right. I want to see if his dick's got horns. <laughs>
1: um, what else do I have here? Oh, A24 started teasing uh Midsummer, the new movie from Ari Aster, the director of Hereditary. Yes. Um, there isn't a real trailer, it's just like uh, a tweet with like an image it's kind of dumb but we have a little yeah. plot here and i don't know if i read it before but i'll say it now uh f- it starts florence it. pug and jack rayner will play a couple that travels to sweden to visit their friend's rural hometown for its fabled midsummer festival what begins as an idyllic retreat quickly de- devolves into an increasingly violent and bizarre competition at the hands of a pagan cult so the the boy loves Colts. We're going back to the Colts. No
0: problem with that. Yeah, I hope it It sounds a little repetitive, but yeah, I, I'm in. I mean, Hereditary is a masterpiece, so I, I think our guy knows you, what's up. Are out. you expecting I'm, I'm a, a sophomore forward, yeah. slump?
1: I mean, how could it be that good? It can't be that good.
0: Uh, I don't think it'll be as good as Hereditary, but also I feel like I wouldn't consider a sophomore slump. I mean, it's ridiculous to expect his next movie to be as good or as like, as much of a cultural phenomenon as hereditary, but it could still be a great movie. I mean, no diss to Jordan Peele, but there's no way us is going to be quote as good as get out. Cause it's just, you know, he, that both those movies dropped at a land, at a landmark time. Like it was just like timing and, and, and where the culture was at when those came out and, it's just hard to repeat that, especially when everyone's like, "Okay, let's see you do it again." But I still think the both movies are going to be great. You know, I, I'm not going to hold it against them if I don't walk out like it's the next Hereditary or Get Out. Like, you know, you know, I, I don't really think that way. Although, unlike us, Midsummer sounds, as you just mentioned, a little bit like Hereditary in the sense of like, you know, pagan demon. Yeah, he calls or, or this one a so, Scandinavian folk horror film.
1: Um, it's actually out. <laughs> Piedmont was a folk horror so. thing, wasn't yeah. it? right. Uh, it comes out soon. It comes out August like... 9th, 2019. That ain't well, soon. Well, it's 2019. That's, that's like six yeah, months. Yeah, but I mean, he's, his last movie was what? A year ago? That's a pretty quick turnaround.
0: Yeah. That is a pretty quick turnaround. Thank you. Uh, I think that's all I got. You're welcome. Okay. Well, great bits and pieces. Now we get into what did you watch? Ready, ready to uh, sing three, it?
1: two. Oh uh, one
0: What did Joe <laughs> Holy shit I'm loading this thing up with sound effects bro I can't? Yeah, wait. Uh, for
1: the for the listeners, again, Joe's has the controls. This is not me.
0: I have no part of this. I'm <laughs> oh, my... like <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll stop. All right, what did you watch? I'm going to start off, and I'm going to tell people about a movie that I'm pretty sure I mentioned in the most anticipated horror movies of this year. If not, it was an honorable mention, or if not, I was going to at- mention it, and then I didn't. <laughs> you covered way, your bases I year. finally yeah, saw. You. Yeah. Look, either I said I wanted to see it, or I didn't talk about it at all, or maybe I mentioned it and it said it just looked okay. Regardless, I've talked about this movie with someone before. Anyway, I saw the... Irish indie horror film, The Hole in the Ground, uh, directed by Lee Cronin, uh, also written by Lee and Stephen Shields. Let me see what else Lee has worked on. I think then. it's I think his this debut. Might Be Lee's. Uh, yeah, he had a short called Ghost Train. Yeah, this is his first debut feature film. Uh, yes, it premiered at Sundance of this year, and it now is available for streaming. Like I said, pretty sure it's available for legal streaming because it's on google play and amazon prime i mean amazon prime is suspect from here on out like i wasn't thinking i just sort of playing it not, and then 10 minutes and i'm like oh fuck that is illegal well i think so watching this but i guess in my yeah. mind it was like movies were getting
1: illegally uploaded to prime which means they're free to watch um i feel like if you paid for it uh, it definitely has to be real unless you're getting like hella screwed and someone's making money off of this bootleg
0: yeah good point uh anyway uh so the plot. Yeah. The don't tell me too much. I, I don't know anything a, actually. Oh, no, I won't. I won't. Okay. Well, I got to talk about it. So I'm sorry. It's, 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 it's if you want to leave the room, I can just right, talk ahead. to myself. I will. I'll, I'll tease it. Let yeah, me yeah, tease yeah. it. All right. No. You didn't leave, did you? Okay. <laughs> you just hear me walking away. <laughs> uh, a, yeah. <laughs> like a door shut. Dude, right, he's gone. Um, yeah. A woman and her son moved to a house in the country to start a new life after they, uh, get it, uh, the, the mom gets a divorce to the father, and they quickly learn that there is a hole in the ground you in don't the back say. woods of the home they're staying in. Yeah, the, t- the titular hole in the titular ground. And uh, one day, the mother hears some noise, and the son goes missing for only a moment. And she's scared but she finds him and then from that point on the boys acting kind of weird spooky things start happening and she starts to wonder if this has something to do with the hole in the ground. the eponymous hole in the ground the eponymous yeah. thank you could use that word um so yeah it's streaming and i would absolutely recommend this movie i thought it was very good okay um it has a little hints of babadook but in the best way possible as you know i'm not a big fan of the babadook it also reminded me spiritually of that movie the hollow yeah i think watched. that's because it, is it is uh, is this movie irish it is and it has to do with okay yes it is yes 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 um kind of like isolated out in the woods is this kid mine or isn't it sort of sort of feel to it um yeah, and like, you know, if you look at some of the reviews of it, it's been getting generally positive ones. And what people have been saying, what the reviews that I've read about it after I saw it, people are saying something to the effect of, although this movie uses a lot of familiar horror tropes, it transcends them, and I would totally agree with that. You're not going to see anything you've never seen before in this movie um, as far as like the types of jump scares or the way the story unfolds. And I'm sure there's other, you know, is this person who they say they as movies that, you know, tick the same boxes, but I don't know, man, maybe it's the performance or, or, or the rapport that his actress had with the, the uh, young boy, but you know, their connection, I really bought it. I, and like, as the, uh, as the kid gets weirder, weirder things happen. Like, you know, you see like the mother kind of dissenting into this uh, not madness, but this concern about, you know, for her child definitely has this, this like baked in sort of feel of like, I'm um, I going say this. Like I'm assuming cause I don't have any kids when parents watch their children grow up and their children kind of develop their own personalities. And in some cases, maybe it's a fear that your child might grow up to some be something you hate. And also the resentment of how difficult it is to raise a child as a single mother. That's kind of baked into the horror of this, that like paranoia or that feeling, which this movie does excellently. Uh, it's, it looks beautiful for a first time director. Um, I, uh, it lets the, the drama unfolds, not a lot of violence, not a lot of gore, just a lot of, uh, really great tension. And, like, a, it, it ramps up. It's kind of like a Polanski film where just, like, as it goes on and on, it's just, like, getting tighter and tighter and getting, like, more and more. What Things are getting just weirder and weirder for this lady. Like, the walls are closing in on her. I'm not going to give anything away, but I would just say that it's definitely worth uh, the streaming. I, I enjoyed it greatly. So check out The Hole in the ground. Yeah, I
1: will. I'll probably watch it, like, right after we finish tonight. I'm very excited to watch it. Yeah,
0: I'm curious I'm curious your thoughts, yeah, because it's uh, it's it's not like a moody – film like it's a really shot like really crazy or like has like any sort of like overtones to it it's just a very well made acted written movie that has a
1: really good uh, climax nice
0: love a good climax
1: uh speaking of climax oh, that movie's actually out in la and new york and maybe maybe other places on friday and you should see it that's the one i talked about last week that's all mm. fucking crazy
0: I do want to see it i don't know i don't want to say gasper no movie moving the theater i just feel like you I, I are trapped. Like I'm trapped that's the whole point it's I'm so sure no fucked it's, up it's, i know no and i feel like it's just gonna be so such a bummer and i'm just gonna be like stuck with it so I, I'll, I'll catch it on yeah
1: on. live it experience it <laughs> no um, what have you watched uh all right i watched i went and saw this movie that i thought i would have no interest in it's mm-hmm. uh it's a I guess you'd call it a, a biopic kind of, but it's like a sports comedy. Uh, it's called fighting with my family. It's about, Oh
0: yeah. Steven Merchant directed that.
1: Yeah. That's why I was interested. That's why I went Steven Merchant wrote it too. He wrote and directed it and it also stars Lena Headey and Vince Vaughn and Nick Frost. Uh, and the rock, and th- right. And the rock is in there. Yeah. Um. So it's basically a, you know, it's a story. It's the true story of this. Uh. I guess she's a, uh, what do you call her a WWE diva? She's a wrestler now, but like, mm-hmm. it's just the story of this girl growing up in some, like in Norwich, England, some random place in England, you know, being 10 years old and watching the WWE at home with her family, her, who her parents as portrayed in the film are like ex cons who like became wrestlers. They, they quit crime and became wrestlers. I'm mm-hmm. not, I'm not sure. I'm sure. I am sure i do not know how true that is, but I'm sure it is. Um, but it's basically just like you know, a uh, a good uh, person becomes famous origin story, and it was it was cool. It was fun. It was very funny. It's 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 a comedy first, and like, uh, you know, uh, 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 what do you call it? Fictionalized retelling of history second. It's more yeah, it's Just a, like, I, there, yeah.
0: was a, there was a there's a documentary on this that is is where it started. Right? The documentary, oh, is that right? Some, yeah. From when I heard Stephen Merchant on a on an interview on a podcast interview, and he was talking about how oh yeah it it's is, also is, a book is, yeah it's a documentary oh, possibly a book too and then the rock saw it and then for whatever reason he approached steven merchant and was like i want to develop this into a movie
1: yeah i love that i don't know how he got with steven merchant but i fucking love that um it's yeah it's it's a fun movie if you're into wrestling i'm sure you'll love it but i don't even care about wrestling at all and i thought it was like very engaging just like really funny and uh It's, you know, it has an emotional core to it. Basically her and her brother, her brother's just as, uh, into wrestling, if not more than her. And like, is just as good, but you know, they go to the, they get a call to go to the WWE, uh, I guess now tryouts probably WWF back then. Um, and you know, they only take her because she's like, you know, this like grungy goth chick who like is like marketable and he's just another like white dude wrestler. Sure. They don't need him. Do, so, they, like, touch, it's
0: like the- do they touch da- a, a, at all on the fact, because I feel like the documentary from what I heard focuses a, a little bit on, or fo- a part of it is focused on him and this idea of like what happens when you have a dream and you train your whole life to do it. And then just one day it's like, yep, sorry, it's not happening. The end, go do something else.
1: Yeah, that's a big, big, big through line. Yeah. and that, 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 i think that's why the movie works It's really it's, it's there are moments where it's like i'm like this guy's gonna fucking kill himself like it's really sad and i was like i hope this movie's not leading me to that point but like it definitely you know it has all those elements to it it's about what happens when the one thing you want gets ha- taken by your sister and there's nothing you can do about it um yeah it's really it's a good movie i don't know it, it worked for me i enjoyed yeah. it family it friendly yeah it's
0: it's cool it's a fun movie Hey, I, I forgot to mention before, but we might as well get into it now. Oscars, baby, thoughts? Oh, brother! Well, I won the pool I was in. I know. I, 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 I nailed I it. Li- I posted your list on our Instagram, and you were pretty close.
1: Yeah, I don't know if I even sent you my final list. Did I have Green Book winning Best Picture? Because I, I did. I called. Yeah, that. you did. Yeah, you did. Great. You're, you're cool. Cool, cool. 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 Yeah, mm-hmm. I called all the big ones except for Olivia Colman, which I was happy for her to beat uh, Glenn Close because, man, I I spent the past however many months since the fucking wife has been out avoiding it because I heard it sucked and then once it became the thing that like everyone decided that Glenn Close was going to win it for sure Mm -hmm. I finally finally two hours before the Oscars watched it and it fucking sucks it's been it's boring it's just like very shoddily written like I get the story is very compelling and like yes I get it as a good performance vehicle but the script is like insultingly lazy and it's just like Mm -hmm. a very ho-hum movie it's not very good good in it Yeah, she's great in it. But like, I'm, I'm really glad Olivia Coleman won, because she that was that was the performance of the year. I'm really glad that she won.
0: I'm glad that that Rami Malek won, because as we talked about last episode, like I do, I do still kind of think of Bohemian Rhapsody, having now seen it like, almost a week ago, and just like, it's perplexing to be like, man, that movie, like kind of sucked. But also, he was like, kind of incredible you know
1: yeah like he I, was great and it also uh, one of the favorite my favorite parts of the oscars is when he won because did you did you notice that the clip they showed for him was just a clip of him lip-syncing it wasn't even a scene where he's acting it's a weird. it's a scene where he's straight up lip-syncing <laughs> freddie mercury like aggressively it's very very strange yeah. um yeah so uh that was interesting what else happened that that's worth talking about at the
0: uh, oscar by spike won uh won an oscar for uh, a not his first non-honorary oscar for best screenplay yes, exactly. i mean when samuel jackson saw his name in the card and just starts fucking hollering that was yeah, that so was, the was the best yeah, part the best yeah and then all. they like
1: hugged each other and then later yeah. on spike was like acting a fool in the fucking press lounge and shit right. like saying all these goofy ass jokes it's so yeah, you know, he's what I like about Spike. um yeah, yeah he's I, a, I think go ahead I was just gonna say, what I learned from this year's Oscars is that they don't need a host at all. I think it worked yeah. way better without the host. Yeah, it, keep it, it flew by, even though it was like over three fucking hours. Um, I don't think we need to get into the whole green book thing. Uh, no, no, no. Unless you, want I will to. say, not no, <laughs> really. I mean,
0: the movie looks stupid. Although, I mean, I've been saying this since True Detective season three started. That Marshala Ali, am I pronouncing his name right? Mahershala Ali, I believe. Mahershala Ali is arguably the best actor alive right now i mean i mean I, he's
1: he's won the award twice in three years or was that yes. last year for the
0: twice Dude, in two years okay if yeah. anyone listening has is not watched the new true detective season i would say i have i haven't watched a couple episodes so i watched the whole thing and it was like the definition oh it's over crime. Yeah, the last episode aired this this recently. Oh, okay. And it's like, it's perfectly fine. Similar to the first season, it sets up this mystery, and then they kind of just wrap it up in the last episode, like, oh, and that's what happened. But his acting in this fucking thing is phenomenal. It takes place, it starts off in three different time periods, like following with three different time periods, like 1970, 1980, and now. And one of those time periods, he's like, the now, he's like an old man. And like when you see him as, an, I mean, he's great in the whole thing, but like all the scenes where he's an old man and old man makeup, it's incredible. You think you're looking at an elderly person. Mo watched it with me. And I think like on the fourth episode, she's like, oh, wait, is that him? And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, oh, I thought that was like an old man actor. And I didn't realize that was him. I mean, he, and to, to the credit, Stephen Dorff do an incredible job of taking on the elderly mannerisms, the way they talk and carry themselves. And dude, he's so fucking, he's such Excellent
1: yeah, player. I knew nothing about this. I'm gonna definitely definitely watch, watch
0: it uh, for the Oscars. Also, about Spike Lee, is that what I love about Spike is, you know, he goes to the Oscars, it's supposed to be this huge fucking deal, and he acted a hundred percent like him. He kept a 100 when Green Book won. He fucking tried to storm out, and they wouldn't let him out. And then the back in the press and all the questioning. He, he, he He's like he doesn't give a fuck. He doesn't care if, if if the people in the green book hear him being like your movie's trash and this is bullshit. He doesn't care if you know people are, like he doesn't. He's not worried about uh, offending any producers in Hollywood. I just fucking love that Spike is Spike, and even at the biggest, the quote biggest or most important, put that in quotes, uh, event in Hollywood. You know he's just like, yeah, fuck you. That movie sucks. This is bullshit. And being funny about it, just being, you know, just acting like you don't give a fuck. And when he was, <laughs> I, oh, I was going to say is what I like is that, you know, he's not holding back. And also I, I was starting to think like, oh man, like, is he saying anything on Twitter? And then I realized he isn't on Twitter anymore. Thank God. Because I was also like, you know, it's really great that, especially now when everyone's so quick to jump on social media and make like YouTube videos and Instagram and all this bullshit you know, like I love how Spike is still like, I'll just make movies with what I have to say in them. You know, Spike is still putting his voice into his work. That's why Black Klansman, I would say, is one of his best movies ever. And by the way, should have won. Um, and I'm just glad that Spike isn't wasting his time tweeting. And if he's got something to say, totally. he'll say it. He'll say it at the press junket after the Oscars, and he'll say it in his movies and he'll say it in his Oscar acceptance speech and he won't waste his time with, you know, social media twaddle. And that's why I wish, even if he's not nominated, I think Spike should go and get a moment to say his thoughts at every Oscars from now on.
1: I love that. Um, yeah. So the guy who made Green Book, the writer, do you know what his next project is? Because I'm about to blow your mind if, if you don't.
0: Oh, I feel I feeling it's going to be incredibly tasteless and tone deaf. No, I don't know what it is. What is it?
1: Okay. He's writing and directing his directorial debut, uh, mm-hmm. a script called That's Amore. Mm. And let me just wait. Uh, That's Amore is a mm-hmm. musical romantic comedy about a 40 year old mm-hmm. bachelor who thinks his best years are behind him and who is resigned mm-hmm. to working in his family's pizza restaurant. That is okay. until he meets, wait for it, Patty what? Amore. What the fuck a, is that? <laughs> a shy and inverted lo- introverted loner with an overprotective father and a dark secret. The two emotionally damaged people enter into a relationship. So this movie is <laughs> called That's Amore and it's about pizza and the girl's name is Amore. Incredible. Yeah, oh
0: that sounds, sounds it sounds like a
1: fake movie. It like I know. The it's like it totally, absolutely, hundred percent is a Simpsons uh
0: bit. <laughs> uh okay. that, yeah, I was worried that you were gonna say like, like say like, oh, he's he's working on uh you know a movie about uh, Rosa Parks or something. I was just kind me like, oh, like like think about <laughs> well,
1: racism. Have we talked about that on the podcast before? Have we talked about Green Book? I don't remember.
0: Uh just that you saw it and that it sucks.
1: Well okay. Well the issue with Green Book, and if you're wondering why the people white were so- savior thing. Yeah, it's the white savior thing, but to a a stunning degree. So the -hmm. issue with the Nick Vallelonga... So this movie, you have to understand Green Book, the problem with it. You have to understand that Nick Vallelonga wrote this movie, okay? Mm -hmm. In the movie, uh, Viggo Mortensen's character Mm -hmm. is is the writer's dad. Interesting. So with the context of knowing that and knowing that this movie is, quote, based on a true story... You can you quickly, quickly fucking infer from watching the movie that this was one of those things that's like, you know, a father and son, uh, the story that was passed down through their family. Like, clearly, mm-hmm. uh, Nick Valolonga's dad worked the job for Dr. Shirley one time, drove him on a f- tour and then came home and probably told his kids how great it was and all, you know, how what, what happened. And like they made up mm-hmm. their own family history about it because so, what happened is they made this movie and they didn't consult with. Don Shirley's family, who's the mahershala Ali character, which mm-hmm. the movie is like, you know, he's the famous person in the movie. and then the Nick Val- mm-hmm. Nick Valuanga's dad is like the, you know, the putsy guy who drives him around, the like the gangster uh, or the thuggish Italian man. Um, and it's just like the movie, I think I, I think I talked about this before, but like once you get to the scene where it's like, oh yeah, they wrote a scene where the white man shows mahershala Ali how to eat fried chicken. And uh, the white man shows Ali what Alutha Franklin music's like. And then they cure racism. Like, it's just, like, completely – it's completely – once you, like, see through it, you're like, this is fucking gross. And, like, it would be fine if they, like, owned up to it. But, like, they're being – like, they harass critics who – like, the producer of the movie keeps emailing critics who write about it and being, like, complete – like, just, like, out of touch, you know, 60-plus old white dudes getting mad about – their vanity project not being liked, you know, it's just like, it's a, it's just like good fucking, like it's just gross to me that it won and gross to a lot of people that it won, but it's also very indicative of a moment. And also Mm -hmm. It's just funny that the Oscars are trying so hard to like move forward and like be woke and change. And like no matter how much window dressing you put on the award show, if you award Green Book Best Picture, you're still fucking
0: backwards. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Over Black Panther and Black Clans. It's not even it's
1: not even like over those two black movies. It's just like the regressive politics of this movie, the regressiveness of the idea of this movie is just like so it's amazing. You know, this could have happened in like. I mean it happened with Driving Miss Daisy. Driving Miss Daisy yes. won the year that Do the Right Thing came out, Do the Right Thing wasn't even nominated. So it's just it's funny. Insanity. It's funny that this happened twice to Spike Lee. It's like he's he even joked about it. He's like, Anytime people are getting driven around, I lose. It's just like
0: the same it's just <laughs> super
1: goof. Uh, I I'm done yeah. ranting about it. But like it's a uh, it's a fascinating moment in Oscar history, I will say.
0: Yeah, there's a uh, Dieses Amaro. I think I've mentioned this on last uh, last pod. And also, if you get if you don't have Showtime, get it and watch Dieses Amaro. It's a great show. Their sketch on their first episode. Oh uh, was... yeah, I know who wrote
1: that. It's who wrote Way? Josh Gondelman? No, who? he is he is a writer on the show.
0: Uh, Zway. Oh, I don't I don't think I know who Zway is. Um, She's pretty. Funny. But uh, it's yeah yeah it was really funny because it's like. It's just a scene where, you know, uh, Mero, who is Puerto Rican, but much lighter skinned, plays the Italian guy. And he's just like, hey, I'm an Italian guy and I'm driving this black guy around in, in the south. And and the, the whole thing is just like it's like clips, quote, clips from the movie where pretty much in every scene, uh, the white guy. Uh, the Vigo Morton character play, character played by uh, the kid Marrow is like, hey, this guy isn't so bad. And everyone's like, oh, okay, well, if, you, if this white guy says it's okay, then I guess I like him too. And basically it's all like, thank God this white guy is here to like cure, to like solve racism. And, you know, like, yeah, it's just like it's a, just, a, it's a movie. Like, it's, I vouch for this guy. Okay, we're not racist anymore. Thank God yeah. this white person. You know why it right
1: won? It's a mo- because it makes it's, it's one of those movies that's made by white people for white people to make them feel better yeah. about
0: institutional racism.
1: <laughs> like that's what yeah. it is. It's like, oh well, we all have common ground. It's like, no, you made this movie. You made this up. Yeah. The problem is Don Shirley's family isn't dead. Dan, Don Shirley's family, the reason it was a controversy at all, is because they spoke out. They said, Oh, this is bullshit. Like they're like, this didn't happen, that didn't happen. Uh, they're not friends. The movie deposits the, that they like, well, my favorite part, the movie has an end credit sequence of the real people, you know, and then it's like they remain mm-hmm. friends until the end, and then it's like two pictures of them separately. Like they're not together. They were not friends. It's completely crazy. Um,
0: uh, what yeah. a Bummer. It's um, just yeah. fucked up. So, but uh, I guess no surprises that the Oscars would once again make a stupid call. Yeah, it's uh, no surprise. And, and gonna- you know what? It
1: was an interesting year. There was uh, the awards were spread out so much. Every every there were eight best picture nominees, and all of them got an Oscar mm-hmm. somewhere. It's really interesting. Okay. Yeah. It was. A, it was. Yeah, fine. I, I don't know. I. I thought it was a really bad crop of nominees for the most part. Uh, just like it's just like that their list did not reflect my list of the best movies of the year, which is way different. Um, what do you think should have
0: won Best Picture?
1: First Reformed or The Rider. Those two movies weren't even nominated. Vox Lux I loved, but I know it's very divisive. Well, oh, I still got to
0: see that. I yeah. loved it,
1: but it's crazy. That, uh, t- Tully should have been nominated. Annihilation should have been nominated.
0: Really? Tully. You like Tully? I, I, hated t- I hated the Tully ending. Oh,
1: I, I love the twist. I genuinely didn't see it coming, and I thought it was, like, really clever. Mm. Mm.
0: Agree to disagree. Mm,
1: I guess we'll have to. Um, Let's yeah. Let's go to the, the
0: main e- event. The main... Oh, I need, like, a ding, 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 ding. Main event. What's this button do? Main event, main event, main event. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, How do I stop it? This is the podcast now. It's just that noise. (laughs) (laughs) Me sound effects. Final Destination 5. The final, final, well, what was meant to be the last Final Destination movie came out in 2011, as Brett mentioned before. Also in three dimensions. Yes, distractingly Um, so. Has. It, uh, I don't know how much money this one made. I think by the time this one came out, everyone was pretty much hip to the fact that these become marketing ploys. Uh, unfortunately, uh, this one for me has two of the more iconic deaths in it that we'll get to a little bit later. One specifically that I think they were right on the money using because it's something that I personally think that it's a certain type of procedure that you get done. And uh, the reason I've never done it is because it did a excellent job of confirming my worst nightmares. So thank you for that. We'll get that in a second, but this one, 2011, uh, let me pull up the IMDB here. It was directed by Stephen Quayle.
1: Yeah. The fuck is that? Steve
0: Quayle. Don't know. Steve
1: Quayle. Okay. He's a film
0: director. (laughs) And stars a bunch of people that are generally unrecognizable. Courtney B. Vance pops in, which I thought was pretty funny. Tony Todd, of course. I thought that was weird too. Yeah. And the lead is Nicholas Diog D'Aug- Augusto. I think I'm pronouncing that right. And Diogastino, I, didn't I think. That he is uh, in the movie Election. He plays this character named Fauch. You remember the movie Election? Towards the end, when they do the vote, and and uh, Matthew Broderick steals a couple of votes, and that one kid's like, "That doesn't make any sense. I totally counted. You got to recount him. Two are missing." That and he just like, and then eventually he spits at, at Matthew Broderick when when they find out that he. Uh, oh yeah 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 right. that's so funny i just remember that because it's like in it that was his uh, first when, part when, yeah yeah because yeah, most of that movie was cast save for the leads most movie it was cast with people who went to that high school they were in omaha isn't that weird
1: that is weird yeah yeah uh, including the, you were right the de, de agosto from yeah. omaha um
0: who was the guy who played the brother it was also an american pie what the fuck was that guy's name in in what in this movie in election no an election he's another one who was in, going to high school in omaha and then that's why he got in the movie election i don't know i'm talking about election i guess it doesn't matter but besides that <laughs> this kid the election kid, Fouch from Election, and also uh, a guy who looks kind of like ugly Tom Cruise. And that's not a diss. I'm not saying that he's ugly, but he just looks like He's like, he's like evil, yeah, Absolutely. like dark Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah, like, it's like if, if Tom Cruise is regular.
1: Yeah, the, when the movie introduced that guy, I was like, he's going to be an asshole. <laughs> I just could feel it. What? I just could feel <laughs> that guy. He just felt like he was going to be a problem and i was yeah yeah it's
0: totally true yeah yeah and also look at the guy i'm like this guy has to have a hard time finding work because when he walks in some place they're like well you look like tom cruise we're not gonna hire you but enough about that guy's career anyway so this one also david keckner is in this movie yeah keckner yeah yeah he's good in this one Uh, this movie starts with a group that all work at i think like the same yeah what is it steel mill
1: they work at some factory, and like half the people work in the factory, and half the people work in the like administration part. I think it's a paper company. It's like Prestige pa- Pres- Presage Paper, or something like that. No. I just watched it, okay. so yeah, it's a paper company.
0: Okay, and they are going on some sort of like leadership retreat or some shit.
1: Yeah, they're on a company retreat, and they're all on some bus,
0: uh, and they and there's and they try to get off because the bridge is having construction as they're driving over like a suspension bridge and the thing collapses and has some pretty good gore scenes, including one that involves a woman falling through a hole and getting impaled on the sail of a sailboat that's going underneath at that time. That was a pretty good one. Yeah, that was very much funny. And then of course he wakes up moments before they get on there, yells and screams everybody off, you know, the drill. And from that point forward, uh, we watch people die In you know, uh, surprisingly gruesome ways for this one. Yeah. Just three specifically that I was like I, I thought were, you know, very strong, including two that I think are like the top five of all time according to BuzzFeed, which is pretty strong considering that we're already on the fifth one
1: yeah i think this one is notable because it does have multiple kills that i would say are like hard to watch type scary Mm -hmm. yeah just like
0: definitely just
1: like shit that yeah you said like shit you like think about like what would be the worst thing that could possibly happen in this situation and then like that thing happens and you're like oh god i never even thought they would go there it's yeah um
0: go ahead yeah the two the two that are the most unsettling for me well the two that are like i think are the are the best ones in it and also like consider some of the best of the franchise. The best one is the the gymnastics one. Yes, the because on that one part. is like master
1: masterfully filmed fake outs the whole time and mm-hmm. like just yep. like you never know. You truly have no idea what's going to cause the 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 chain reaction. And uh, mm-hmm. it's just a, it's a really good sequence. It's a very good, like, oh my God, come on, waiting for the payoff. And then it finally comes. And uh, it's I th- very satisfying. I think it's very satisfying. Yeah. It's also not yeah. at all what you probably ex- were expecting.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a, it's a good, it's a good fake out one. I think the last one in four, they tried to do like a fake out for almost every single one, including two that didn't obviously the, the core one at the beginning that was obviously a fake out. And then there's a second fake out one that, Made no sense. But for this one, the fake outs work. I have to say, though, the LASIK eye surgery one. Yep, that's my next one. I mean, that has to be, that has to tap into every person with vision problems. Worst nightmare. We all know what LASIK is. I don't think the laser is so hot that it can like burn your skin and your face. Nor do I think if you're getting LASIK, the LASIK operator would be like, oh, be right back. Yeah. Gonna go see get you the later or whatever. And then when the guy yeah, comes in,
1: they get they actually come in screaming like, Hey, my friend's in here and she needs help. He goes, he, like she she's clearly not in the same room with him. And he goes, Hey, we have this
0: we have, we have this operation all the time. It's fine. Like he's so confident. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, uh, but the way like the, like in her head strapped down the laser that cuts her eye and her hand, I mean, that's just one where like I don't care who you are. You're just like, oh, God. I know. It's so... horrible. I mean,
1: in this movie, the laser is powerful enough to fuck up her eye and her face, and it's like really gross. And it's like, I just can't imagine. Like, it's just, I'm cringing right now because her head is like, as Joe said, it's like, it's like, what do you call it? Not In a vice. Yeah, not strapped in, but it's in a vise. And she's just, yeah, it's horrible. And she just like rip the. The thing that's holding her eye open out first before she can even get out of oh, there. Yeah, and then she God. ends up. And then, by the so way, good. she doesn't even end up dying that way. She falls out a fucking
0: window. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good, man. I mean, this one's got some good ones. When the uh, when the kid, the uh, the one kid who wants to be like a, a boss or something, like like he's he, he's he like is a, a bossman. Yeah, he's like dealing yeah. with these angry like union guys. <laughs> who yeah, are, that guy gets that guy, guy gets a hook through his head. That was another surprise one. Because, oh, um, what I love about this one, we can talk about all the deaths in a minute. What I love about this one is that they stepped back from the thing that you and I have been complaining about for the last two movies, this obnoxious thing that they put in the last two where it's like, I'm looking at these pictures or I'm having these long premonitions. They're like, fuck all that. We're going to get back to like just a feeling, even if that, you know, because that whole whole tired device of possibly seeing what's going to happen before it happens, that just was pointless and and tedious and didn't make any sense. This movie does away with that, which I was very happy to see.
1: Yes. And it also introduces like a new, new mythology, like for the first time. Mm -hmm. So Tony Todd, Tony Todd's, you know, ever present (laughs) coroner guy is like walking around Mm -hmm. this whole movie. And the guy eventually is like, Hey man, like what the fuck are you doing? Why are you following us? And it's clearly just like, yo, I'm the coroner. Like I'm following you because people (laughs) keep dying. But he essentially explains to them which is just like, it's funny that he just added it now. Like he's told this, you know, four, at this point, four different groups of people, four different things. I feel <laughs> so like, true. yeah,
0: he's like, oh, oh yeah. Look, I forgot, to tell, I forgot, to tell, I forgot to tell the last five or the last 20 teenagers <laughs> that get through
1: here. Yeah. I forgot this big part, by the way, but it's actually, yeah, it's a huge change in this one. They posit that. Mm-hmm. I feel like what the first one was just like, you have, uh, you cheat death. It'll come after you. The second one added the wrinkle of like, if you bring new life, It'll, Mm -hmm. it'll, it'll save you. And then Mm -hmm. uh, this one posits that if you kill someone else, that'll, you know, that, that'll, you'll get their life and you'll, they'll take your spot in
0: death. So like I said, Now let me ask you a question. When you heard that, I took that as the person has to die kind of like as death's trying to get you. So when the hook came through that shitty factory worker's head, it was coming at the other guy. The guy that death is right, trying to kill and kill right. I—that's how I understood it. So at the end, when Ugly Tom Cruise is like, "I'm going to shoot you guys," I just felt like, "No, no, 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 no." I, that's how I took it. I could have been wrong. Um, was, that, was that wrong?
1: I think it was wrong. I, I don't think it's wrong of you to think that. I just don't think it was that specific. I—it it was okay. as general as I think him saying, "Just take a life for uh, in order to you know save your own life," and also that other guy got it wrong anyway. I feel like because he. Said he couldn't when the, when when evil Tom Cruise turns and is like, <laughs> sorry, I don't know his name. so What's his name now? No, that's right. That's good. Um, no, who cares? What evil Tom Cruise. Evil yet. Tom Cruise. When he, of course, you know, you can kind of tell he's turning. For I mean, first of all, I, I as I as I said, the second I saw his face, I'm like, he's bad. Something something's gonna happen with this guy. Yeah, it's, he's got a face you want to punch. <laughs> yeah. So he essentially like. Is he was telling them this long-winded story, very clearly about to propose to murder them, but they have no idea. Mm -hmm. He shows up to a restaurant where they're eating, and but they're eating by themselves, by the way, because the guy works at the restaurant, which is convenient. Um, So he shows up and he's like, you know, uh, I thought about what that guy said, and I've been out there trying to kill people all day, and like the world, the world (laughs) keeps giving me opportunities, and like I keep not doing it, and he just he comes to the conclusion that I can't do it to someone that doesn't deserve it and then he just decides that the girl deserves it because he's just pissed off cuz his girl's dead. I didn't really understand why he thinks she deserved his eye. Oh, I I guess yeah. because they, they they wrote in this whole thing where there was like this jealousy over the fact that he said he saved that one girl during the premonition sequence and not his girlfriend. He I think I think he was like yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. this weird thing that it, it was just kind of written in. I feel like written in later to justify this scene. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's yeah, it, weird. Seemed, it seemed like
0: it really tried to make him like this is the bad guy because it was in three. the similar thing happens where that guy is like he wants to kill them because he gets smashed by the cherry the, the cherry picker thing. Eventually, mm-hmm. the, the, the 4th of July it was the same sort of thing where for some reason a guy in the group is like I'm evil now and I want to kill you guys because I just I, I like I think that all these final destination movies have missed at least the ones where they talk about like killing others to save their life. I think they really miss out on like a trick here where this would be such a fascinating version of final destination where they all realize that they kill someone to save themselves. And it's like them. I mean, think about that. Like that's fucked up. Like they have like a bunch of teenagers. like you need to kill someone so you don't die horribly. It's like,
1: what yeah, would It's you do? like pass you it on. And, yeah. And a it's
0: turn? almost would like you get a rifle and just shoot into a crowd. Like what would you, yeah. It's almost like, if, like it's if, kind, if, if, if kind if of like it follows
1: or something, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which I yeah, think yeah. is is it's, it's fodder for another final destination. I know there's one in the in, in the works. I whatever, would bet that's money. That's I didn't that it's like going to be very yeah. it follows esque the next one. Yeah, I just don't like how how in in this one and in three, it's just like one character is like, all right, well, I guess uh, if I gotta kill someone, I might as well kill one of my friends. Like, yeah, why? it doesn't make any if sense anything, at all. Like, yeah, they just, just kill a stranger. Yeah,
1: they wrote themselves in circles trying to make justify that in this one, and it definitely showed. I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, what else happens in this one? Oh, there's the twist ending. So the twist ending, yeah, 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 which I have to go back and watch it again to see if they like tease it. But the big reveal at the end is that this is a prequel to the original final destination. So yes. they basically get on the plane that crashes at the beginning of the first movie.
0: and like So good. I mean, talk about talk about hemming it up, man. Like this whole idea of yeah, like, and you know, it, do all the loose ends. I love that.
1: I actually thought they retconned it pretty well. I'm pretty sure the way that she dies, uh, his girlfriend dies in the scene, in the new one, is like... The, she gets pulled out of the yes, plane. Yes, like yeah. there is that scene in the original. It just wasn't those two people. But I'm pretty sure they just like were like, okay, that's you now. And like they just went with it. And I
0: think it really actually right. worked very well. Um, and yeah, you know, uh, also I forgot cause I watched it again for this and even though I knew how it ended right when they started getting into it, I was like, Oh man, I really, I want to watch it again and see how they get around the fact that no one's using cell phones. Yeah. I totally didn't no notice. Really hardcore using the internet. You know, like there's really like, cause they do have an office with computers on the desks and stuff. And I guess there was really never. It was like it, 1999
1: also, then, I guess, in theory.
0: It would have had to have been in like 2000. And what I think is interesting is it's one thing to like not use that stuff, but it's another thing to be like, they would have to like shoot around old technology and do things that wouldn't require, say, using Google or texting someone, you know, because usually you're just like, call the guy or just text him or just, you know, uh, uh, look it up on the internet. But I never felt that so- at no point watch this movie. That was yeah, just it like, never gave itself away. Yeah, yeah. So, which it's, is it's, it's fucking hard to do. You yeah, know? it's
1: clever. Uh, it's a clever. It's a clever thing, and I think it ties the. It's a nice way to tie the whole franchise together, and then it actually cuts mm-hmm. to a credit sequence, which is just every kill from all the movies mm-hmm. in three D this time, which is pretty. Give f- pretty the people fun. what they yeah, want. Yeah, it really is.
0: Yeah. Uh, give the people what they want. <laughs> Uh, I love David Ketchner getting that wrench in the face it's so fucking Yeah cool. the, there's, there's a lot of really satisfying ones in this one.
1: Yeah the wrench in the face at first is like not that good cuz it just kind of happens and then they cut to his face on the ground and you're like oh okay that's that's gashed that. bro. Yeah
0: gashed yeah. Uh, also, this movie did a really good job of like making you like sort of give a shit about the people before they get killed. You know, the last two, uh, Final Destination and then Final Destination three, it was just like I hate these people. Yeah, it's much more
1: them. baked in. They're like they spend a lot of time with the like at the beginning, a little more time than usual, like building up the people. I feel like, mm-hmm. and then like yeah, and yeah, I it- you know, like.
0: You kind of you kind of feel for the the main character who wants to be a chef. I mean, the whole inner conflict he has of whether he should not move to Paris and be a chef is a little ridiculous. First of all, no oh, yeah, restaurant in totally Paris is flying yeah. at a guy from America to be a cook. No, no Paris, no Paris restaurant is sitting around being like, "We need a head chef. Where are we going to get one?" I know America. We need. No, that has never happened once. <laughs> Exactly, and he's all like, "Oh, should I quit my office job and go work at a restaurant?" And everyone's like, "It's your dream." I mean, it, it definitely has uh, some laborious scenes of like you know she break, kind of tries to break up with him at the beginning. It's like, "All right, all right, all right, all right." Also, that scene where he's like, it,
1: like yeah. "It just cooking in the restaurant and thinks everything's trying to kill him." It's just like, "Goofy." Yeah. It's very goofy.
0: Yeah, it's it, it's definitely self aware without being like insulting to the audience, which was another problem we had with with four. Uh, uh, the final destination. You know, if I was to rank them, which we're going to, I, was, I still yeah. think two is, the, yeah, I still think two is the best one. And I don't know, like I, I, I then I want to go the original because it's the original. And then I put this one at number three. Yeah, that's and then,
1: that's what I have. Yeah. Except I think just because it started it all and like it's very memorable to me and nostalgic, I think I have to put the first one first. I think it's one, wow, two, really? five, three, and then like a huge gap, and then four. Yeah. there's a there's a big like there's a big gap between five and terrible. three too but I think a much bigger gap between three and four
0: also yeah, but the, the fact that this was this was the the, the the most recent one the fact this would come out in 2011 kind of gives me hope that when they're re- rebooting this they're like okay well you know like there's some potential for this franchise because if they would have stopped after the final destination, it would have been like, Oh no, please no more. So I'm just glad that we've so far left it. I'm like, yeah, "Uh, it's, uh, it's uh, very uh, rare uh, that they're like, you know, a
1: sequel that bad happened. Well, actually we know why I got another one because the fucking fourth one made so much more money than any of the other ones. Like it's Mm -hmm. nuts. Um, So of course this one happened and I'm all, all, I agree with you. It's it's, I'm glad it happened because I feel like without it, there wouldn't be
0: talk about another one right now. I mean, how terrible was the last Halloween before this new one, the Rob Zombie ones? And like, what what was, the, even though the Friday the 13th reboot isn't very good before that, I mean, what did Nispel, Nispel have to compete with Jason X? I'm sure he was <laughs> just like, this this is going to be a walk in the park. Fuck you, Nispel. But still it's like, usually these franchises don't get revived until it's like, they're so terrible that it's like anything is better. But yeah, I, I think this one's solid. Like I it's, if it's not the best one, it's definitely one of the most entertaining ones. Yeah, it's
1: yeah, I agree with that. Also, it's w- the only time I think in the franchise that it opens with a with a credit with an opening credit sequence right away with like doesn't cut to it after the opening scene. I just thought that mm-hmm. was weird and doesn't it, and as a continuity person, it annoyed me. Also, the opening this movie, sequence are four three minutes and forty-five seconds long. It's like way
0: too long. Yo, God, they padded this one, bro. This I know. one. It's an hour and thirty-five minutes. And those credit sequences are fucking long, dude. It did feel like they were really like Oh, they just absolutely padded crammed it. extra yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but also I think this movie would have been so much better if they didn't make it 3D. I think that that really is yeah, a detriment. To I point. I I think that about most movies. It, you know? Yeah,
1: totally, totally. It wasn't as obnoxious as the last one, but there are moments where it's where it is. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So that I'm 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 glad that's not a thing anymore. That movies don't like go out of their way to be annoying in that way. Yeah. Uh. But yeah, I enjoyed it. Did you see the thing that happens after the? I don't know if it happens after the credits, but it's like maybe at the end. It's I think it's in the middle of the credits. No, what? It's the black guy getting killed at the end. The guy who thought he saved.
0: Oh yes, yes, yes. The wheel. Yeah, that was it. A, that's a, I mean, that's a nice little twist. Um, so for if those who don't remember. The uh, the main kid who was the foreman who was getting a, in a fight with one of his employees who eventually gets the hook through the head that was meant for him. He realizes, like, holy shit, I made it. That guy died where I was supposed to die. And then he goes to, like, pay respects at his, like, wake that's at a bar. It's not got some butt. And he's like, oh, yeah, well, part of the reason why that guy was in such a bad move is because he was like, going to die of cancer or something, like, in the next couple he had like weeks to live, and he's like real. And then like the wheel from the fucking plane that blows up land and lands right on him. That that's funny. It's it- funny. It was not post credits. I mean, th- that's the kind of shit that you want from these movies. Like as much as you want a, a genuinely terrifying movie, they all kind of end with something like that, right? Like yeah, the- you need the a car. Like
1: it. yeah, like like or every t- scary kid. movie. I feel like didn't every scary movie end with like someone getting hit by a car? Like I feel like
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the uh, uh, the, uh, the the second one end with a kid blowing up at the uh, yeah. At the uh, at the barbecue, and then the final decision four ended with them getting hit by the the bus and uh yeah or the runaway bus in a, in Amsterdam. So they, yeah, they always do that. I kind of like that kind of you know no no one escapes alive sort of thing. With final Destination.
1: Yeah, uh, I agree. I, I enjoy this one. I yeah, as I said, I'd rank one, two, five, three, four. I think maybe two over one. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I can say that. It feels crazy to I say. Know, do you know, do I guess that member. I mean the the mem- the opening sequence of two is probably the best sequence of all of it. I think,
0: or just the most memorable. Yeah, and I would say I would say second to this one. The only flaw in this one is that it looks capital F fake. I know it's fake, obviously. Oh yeah, it looks it, like three D. Like, yeah, it's annoying. Oh man, like there's some there's some times when they kind of punch in for like holding someone's hand over the the collapsing bridge. Like it looks so sound stagey. What are they gonna do? They weren't gonna like fucking. It's not you know the Dark Knight Rises. They weren't gonna like, actually like fucking collapse a bridge or whatever, or like get get the good guys in there. So, I think yeah, with a couple more couple more bucks and a little more time, I think that one could have been the best opening sequence. But oh well. Yeah, we I think it was. They get, they a quail. He could he could quail. Couldn't get the cash. Yeah,
1: I thought it was cool in theory, and then like yeah, those like goofy kills. It's just like you know when you can tell they're going for the 3D. It's at home. It's hard not to be a little like eye roll about it. You know.
0: You know, out of all the out of all the opening sequences, which is the one that you like would fear to be in the most? Not in the movie, but just like what do you think is? what? Plane crash, pile up on the expressway, roller coaster, uh, what was Ford NASCAR thing, explosion, or bridge collapse? Uh, which would you think would be the worst to go through? Um, for me, plane
1: crash. I'm already scared of them. And uh, uh, okay. and like it's such a prolonged thing. Like, can you imagine being on a plane that's like falling? Like do you have like like probably like a full minute sometimes of just like your stomach, your yeah. stomach turning like you're on a roller coaster. Like, I can't, I've i yeah, like thought about dark. this a lot. I actually have a lot of, maybe it's stress dreams or nightmares about that exact Like, I've had sure. a lot of plane crash dreams. So maybe that's why I'm scared of them.
0: Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go with the, the bridge collapse. Every time I go on like a bridge, I'm like, what's stopping this thing from just fucking collapsing? I've never, never thought all. that. Because also... The- interesting. Oh, no, because also what I thought of, it, especially that one, because like it like collapses in chunks that everyone stops, but also as it, it, it dovetails into a, a fear of mine that like whenever I think of like cataclysmic events or like really horrible events where everyone's trying to like flee out of a place at the same time, like when bridges just get like overrun with cars, people just get out and start running, just the kind of thing of like everyone's just like trampling on top of each other and like running down like the same path. I just think of like that kind of you know, when you watch like The Walking Dead when any zombie movie, like the. The expressways that leave the city are just like bumper to bumper cars that were abandoned. And, you know, people are just like running for their lives. Or, like in Cloverfield, when they're on the bridge in the yeah, must, and the like, monster takes it out, yeah. like jumps out, whatever. That, really, that, that that whole like glut of people and trampling, really like just I, I don't know. Yeah, trampling. I, I, I hate thinking about it. Yeah. All right. Well, on that <laughs> note, hey listener, well, how are you? How are you scared to die? Uh Yeah. So that concludes our final destination franchise review definitely excited and hopeful for the uh the new one that hopefully will come out and not get some shitty treat do we know who's attached yeah it's the saw
1: writers of the of the of the last few saw sequels i think
0: okay i mean the guy who directed this last one is some dummy who hasn't done anything so the fact like people who actually have the ability to make a movie that makes money to write a a, a, an arguably scary movie although depends on which saw movies they wrote gives me a little bit of hope
1: yeah. Have Doberman do a pass on the script. Yeah, give it to Dobes. Put it on his plate.
0: <laughs> the Dobes plate. We should do a <laughs> segment where, like what's what's on Doberman's plate? <laughs> Doberman's <laughs> plate. Like some weeks it's like a
1: new project, other times it's like, ah, peas and carrots today. You
0: just had peas and carrots. I mean, does uh, does Redick know him? Maybe he can hook us up. We can have a Doberman call in once in a while. Let us know he's working on. You
1: assume there's like an Avengers of like uh, of horror writers that like hang out together.
0: Yeah, why well, do I assume they all know each other? Like <laughs> he was like, oh yeah, I know Dobes. Yeah, let me give it, let me give it his email.
1: The Dobes69@gmail.
0: The Dobes <laughs> do you think Doberman has a Yahoo account? Uh, he's got a Yahoo mail. We should just start blind
1: emailing people's Gmails and Yahoos, and we'll eventually book some crazy people that way. That's a
0: new game. Yeah. Uh, uh, Dwayne Johnson at Gmail. D. Johnson. Dwayne J. The Rock Johnson. (laughs) Gmail. Yes. All right. Enough of this fodder. Uh, That's it for another episode of the New Flesh Podcast. Hey, guys, hit us up on Instagram. New Flesh Podcast on Instagram. Let us know in the comments of one of my many amazing posts what you think about the Final Destination franchise or Bug brett on twitter at brett redacted because twitter's stupid and i'm never there but he likes it for some reason and we i don't be like it. i'm trapped All it's right. a prison what's a prison twitter yeah get off of it i can't it's a prison you're in voluntary jail man you're in a mind jail and the key <laughs> is your thoughts right i don't know he
1: is in the insidious four
0: <laughs> there you go Uh, yeah, we'll be back next week with something I don't know yet. We'll talk off mic about it. Thanks for listening and goodbye.